This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. Uh, It's going to be a fantastic uh, week because the boys of winter are back. Naz, good morning. Naz, how are you? Good morning, Wally. Really good. Really good. So the boys of winter uh, driving down the DVP this morning. Fortunately, no traffic when you drive down early on a Sunday morning. But uh, watching the leaves change uh, color. The leaves or the leaves? <laughs> the leaves change color and, uh, and uh, chill in the air. And NHL hockey uh, starts back again. And in town, the Leafs and the Habs. What a way to start the season this Wednesday night. Home opener. Yeah, we're ready to go. It is definitely hockey weather up north a bit. There's uh, frost on the ground, and it's uh, going to be a terrific, terrific uh, start of the season this coming Wednesday against the Montreal Canadiens. Anyways, uh, we're really looking forward to the start of the uh, NHL season, something magical about uh, when hockey starts back up. Uh, certainly an exciting time of year because hope Springs eternal. That's a famous, uh, famous saying. And uh, there's certainly, uh, certainly hope in Leafland. And uh, shortly after our, our break, in a little while, we're going to be talking to Dion Phaneuf, Leafs captain. We're talking about uh, the season and the, and uh, how he feels about it, and a whole bunch of uh, other things. And uh, how are you feeling about the Leafs prospects this year, Ness? Well, I'm I'm uh, expecting a, a decent hockey club this year and a competitive hockey club. They've been competitive in the past couple of years also. They just ran into uh, some a losing streak last year. But I expect them to be a little bit better this year. Uh, looks like they've added speed to their lineup, which uh, they didn't have last year. And I'm optimistic. Well, we certainly don't know yet uh, who they're going to be breaking camp with. Uh, I understand that decision is going to be announced sometime before uh, before Tuesday. My understanding tomorrow we're going to find out who's who's uh, who's going to be on the team in the opening lineup and who the prospects for the rest, whether they're going to be sent to the Marlies or to Sweden or whatever. Um, any uh, any uh, surprises we're going to see in the lineup this year, Ness? Well, the surprise looks like it's going to be Cozen on the the kid they got from Los Angeles. He looks like he's going to make the team. He's 24 years old. He's an undersized forward, but uh, feisty and uh, pretty quick. And the Leafs need to get quicker. They were pretty a slow hockey team last year. And uh, they brought in a veteran, a steadying presence, uh, Robida. Um, um, it's going to make a difference in steadying that defense uh, a little bit now. Yeah, Pollock and him are, are, are veteran defensemen. Um, but Robina has been hurt. He's had a couple of broken legs uh, 
in the last uh, couple of years. And I just hope he can stay healthy, that's all. And, uh, and hopefully the Leafs will uh, jump out like they usually do and start quick and finish quick because last year they, uh, it was a little bit disastrous at the end of the season. Anyways, so we'll be going to break shortly. Before we do, I want to announce a contest of something a little bit different this morning. Um, we have a $100 gift certificate we'll be giving away to the third caller at the gift certificate is for $100 at Scruples Hair Salon and Spa at uh, Highway 7 and Western Road. They've been kind enough, kind enough to donate to us $100. Uh, it's a great place. Guys, you want to make your woman happy? Call in for that gift certificate. Take advantage of haircuts, styles, spa treatments, facials, massages. The good people at Scruples Hair and Salon. It's a fantastic gift. Uh, you can check them out at scruplesalon.com. Third caller, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Once again, give us a call. Third caller, I guarantee you, you get that. You'll make your, you'll make your uh, special one very, very happy. Anyways, we're going to break, and we'll be back with Leaf Captain... It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when my wife accused me of having an affair. How could I tell her that I was hopelessly in love with extra thin crust pizza from Pizzaville? I didn't ask for this to happen. It was so thin, so delicate, so delicious. I can't bear to share it with my wife. She wants me to see a counsellor, but I don't want to share it with him either. Call Pizzaville for an extra thin crust pizza at 736-3636. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000 square foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. 
striving to inspire you at every turn. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Uh, it is a call-in show if you want to give us a call to talk about the Leafs or any other topic of uh, on your mind sports. Give us a call at 416-360-0740 or toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. Give us a call if you want to talk about the Leafs or anything else on, the, on, on your mind. Uh, we'd be more than happy to... Take your call. Anyways, we're still uh, chill trying to connect with Leafs captain Dion Phaneuf. Hopefully, uh, we'll be doing that in the next couple of minutes. And uh, certainly, gotta would love to talk to him about the Leafs' coming season. Uh, we sh- shortly uh, season starts, Naz, and uh, big game against the Habs this uh, this Wednesday. Uh, hopefully, the Leafs set the tone for the season. Uh, where do you see the Leafs slotting in? Uh, well, they can finish as high as sixth and as low as fourteenth. That's the way hockey is these days. And uh, when you're a mediocre team like Toronto right now, uh, so they could go from sixth to fourteenth, like they did two years ago. I think they finished fifth, so they could be in that in that position again. Well, I agree with you as well, Naz. Um, and a lot of this will come down to I think the talent is there. Um, they've uh, they've made some additions. They have a different uh, they have a different um, uh, perspective. Uh, they've brought in some of these analytics guys. Possession hockey seems to be important to them, um, and they hopefully will turn it around. I see Leo Komarov uh, coming back as a key addition to the team. Um, certainly, he was uh, an effective player the last mm-hmm. time he was here. Um, he provides a little bit of that sandpaper and grit that the team seems to have been lacking. He brings it almost every night I think he'll be he'll be a difference maker and in the long grind of an NHL season it's 82 games and it's 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 about injuries and who gets injured and certainly last year um, they had they had a great run going with Jonathan Bernier and when he got injured what was a team headed for the playoffs headed in a different direction and injuries are not something you can you can control yeah, all, te- all teams get them, so it's not like uh, the Leafs are, uh, are a team that uh, doesn't get injuries. They do get them, and everybody else does too. But, you know, we get, we got to look at the top six forwards here, and are we good enough here? Um, I keep coming back to Tyler Bozak as a number one center and Nazem Kadri as a number one center. And how good is Joffrey Lupul now? His play has uh, slipped in the past year. Where are we, Wally, with the top six forwards on this team? Because the core is very important. If you take a look at Chicago, L.A., and Boston, and Philly even, and teams like that, it seems like their core is better than ours, or better than the Leafs. What do you think about that? Uh, I, I, you know, I, I think the top, I mean, trying to compare the Leafs to Chicago and L.A. and maybe the top three or four teams in the NHL, um, I don't think they're at that level there. Let, let, let's be fair. But the Leafs do have skill. They do. Their top six forwards, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't compare them necessarily to Pittsburgh or, or Chicago's. But uh, Bozak, Kessel, 
uh, JVR, um, they're a world-class line. I mean, people criticize Tyler Bozak uh, for not being um, a number one center. And, I mean, he's not a number one center in the sense of a Crosby or a Taves or a Getzlaff or, or you know, he's, he's not a franchise player, but he's very effective in, 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 he's very effective in getting out the skill of a Phil Kessel and a JVR. They work tremendously well as a line. And, I, you know, they match up very well with any other line in, um, in the league. Uh, Kessel's a world-class player. Uh, JVR is a world-class player. They, 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 they proved it in the Olympics. They, you know, with the, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that Pavelski Pavelski was, w- was their center, their center yeah. man, the U.S. Yeah. team. They were, the, they were yeah. probably the best line in the entire tournament. Um, Kadri, Lupul, uh, certainly tremendously skilled players. Um, injuries. We can keep Lupul going for 80 games. Uh, Kadri d- develop a little bit more consistency. Um, whatever systems that Carlisle implements, certainly uh, I've noticed one thing in the preseason. They're trying to get their defense more involved in, in, in the offense, and that makes a big difference. Uh, if, and certainly the Leafs have talent on the blue line. Uh, Riley, uh, Gardner, Fanuf, of course, who's the leader of the team. Um, they can play offense as well. And you, you get your defenseman playing in the office, it, offense, it opens up a lot of ice for the rest of the team. So the parts, the parts are there. Um, if they can stay away from injury trouble, if they can get their shot totals down from an average of 35, 36 shots against, I, I don't think, you know, I don't think Bernier wants to see as much rubber as as he saw as he saw last year. And and you know they've got to get their shot totals down into the 20s. They've got to possess the puck more. Um, but there is room for optimism. Um, there's no question in my mind. If if things go in the right direction for the Leafs. Uh, they are quite capable of being, as you say, fifth or sixth. Uh, if injuries grind them down, uh, if they don't get 60, 60 to 65 games out of Bernier, then we may be looking at a different scenario. Anyways, it's a call-in show. Give us a call at 416-360-0740. Toll-free at one 866 740 uh, give us a call. Let's talk about the Leafs. Let's talk about sports. Uh, we were hoping to have Dion Phaneuf on the show this morning. We've been having problems connecting with him. Hopefully we can, uh, we can do that shortly. Um, saw an interesting article about Dion in, uh, in McLean's magazine um, last night. Um, and he's uh, quoted as saying he vowed that this year will be different. And we, we hopefully will see something different from that perspective. Carlisle. What can he do with this team differently this year, Naz, than perhaps he did last year? Well, maybe Randy's learned uh, from his mistakes, too. They all have to learn from this, their mistakes, him as a coach and some of the players on the team. And hopefully he's uh, looked at everything and uh, is going to change his ways, too, because they have to change to what they have, what kind of team they have. And I think I think Carlisle's going to do okay. I didn't think so at the, uh, in, uh, in, during the off season, but I do now. I think Carlisle's going to do fine this year. And um, rumors uh, all around town again this week because Detroit was in town. Yeah, uh, something <laughs> something we talked about, uh, uh, something we had talked about early on last uh, last spring, 
And uh, Mike Babcock uh, hasn't signed a contract with Detroit. Ken Holland and, uh, he was all over the Toronto sports media this week uh, deflecting rumors about Babcock and why he hasn't signed a contract, whether he's keeping his options open, whether he's coming to Toronto and all, and all that type of thing. And uh, it's got to be difficult for a hockey team uh, to focus both from, uh, from a Detroit perspective and also from a, from a Toronto perspective when, the, when, those, when those rumors are out there. Yeah, it is pretty difficult. But Babcock's been in this situation before, and uh, he keeps uh, – he. I don't think he's uh, said that he's not going to sign with Detroit, but there is possibilities. If Carlisle doesn't uh, do well in the first couple of months, there's going to be – you know, maybe somebody will take over interminably, and maybe Babcock will be here next year. But, you know, time will tell on that, on that note. I want to get back to Joffrey Lupo. Okay. Um, I just don't see the – the play, his play, um, getting better for some reason. He was really good two years ago, two and three years ago. He's probably right behind Kessel as the the best forward on the lease. And he's really slipped. And I'm just wondering if it's not time to move him. That's a certainly uh, a statement out of nowhere. Why? Uh, you th- well, it's not a, out of yeah. nowhere. I've moved this for a while. Yeah. Um, I disagree, Naz. I, I think Joffrey Lupo, when he's healthy, is a highly talented, highly skilled player um, on a good contract. He's not being overpaid uh, for the skill level that, skill level that he brings. Uh, I just don't know how you would replace Joffrey Lupo in this lineup for that kind of money. I mean, there's other players in this lineup that are, that are overpaid. Um, and, uh, You're going to bring up a name, Wally? Uh, well, I'm I'm not going to um, pull any punches here. I, you know, for the for the level of performance that he brought last year, um, David Clarkson was overpaid. Um, well, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. He was. Now, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, let's hope that uh, he brings it better this year. And from what I've seen, he's got a more positive attitude, and you know, a little bit of an injury problem. But he's he's been trying to play physical in the preseason games, and. But at, at that five, five and a half million dollar figure, he didn't bring it last year. And, I, and I, I'm sure he'd be the first to tell you that. Um, so I'm sure that they're expecting bigger things from David Clarkson this year. Uh, and they certainly need it because you've got that kind of dollars tied up in the lineup. And it, gets, it becomes very difficult if those kind of dollars are not producing more than 10, 15 goals a year. Let, let's, 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 be, let's be frank. So... I'd love to see David Clarkson um, uh, uh, give us that 30-goal-a-year season again like he did in New Jersey. Uh, will he? Well, time will tell, but we'd certainly love to see it. But getting back to your point about Joffrey Lupul, Joffrey Lupul is, is, is a potential 30- to 35-goal man. Um, he can play at a high skill level. Certainly can. He's got wheels. I've seen him blow by defensemen on, on the ice. His difficulty over the last few years has been, has been injuries. And those, those types of things are difficult to predict. But um, his contract is certainly uh, a tradable contract. I, think, I, I would think that any other team in the, in the league would love to have Joffrey Lupo. Uh, anyways, we have uh, on the line uh, Dan from Etobicoke. Uh, let's take that call. Dan, uh, what do you want to talk about this morning? Dan, are you with us? Yes, we are. Give us a call. What do you want to talk about, Dan? I, I hear you guys talking about this leaf situation, you know, and uh, there's big uh, hoopla 
in the city. Everybody's excited. Some guys are planning the parade already. Let's put things in perspective, gentlemen. The Leafs are the Leafs. They have been the Leafs for years. They've got to change that, what they call, you know, that catchphrase, the culture. And I'm asking you guys, what's your opinion on the culture of this Leafs team, and what do they need to do internally? Let's not talk about the X's and O's. Let's not talk about all this other stuff. What do they need to do to get past that hump, make the playoffs, and make a bang? Thanks, Dan, for the call. Um, I think they, they are, they're starting that. When Brendan Shanahan came in uh, into the organization, he is trying to get his people in there, and it's going to take some time. And I think the, being, the culture change is going to occur when there's a clean sweep of uh, the Leaf organization. And Shanahan is doing that. Even though if you, if you, if you look at the pieces he's added and, or taken away, He's putting his own footprint on the team. And I really think he's going to do a real good job with this. But, you know, it's like the old saying is, the least you have to give this time. And uh, I think that's what we need. But the culture, you're right, has to change for sure. Well, I, it, thanks for the call, Dan, by the way, and good question. Um, I, I believe that that would have been the entire reason Lewicki brought in uh, Brendan Shanahan. Um, they wanted a new, uh, new culture at the top. And um, not exactly sure uh, yet. We, we we haven't seen it yet from Shanahan, but uh, he went down to uh, PEI to uh, for two days to to uh, talk to Dion Phaneuf. And uh, once again, we were hoping to have Dion on the phone this morning, but we're having problems uh, uh, getting a hold of him. So hopefully, we can resolve that before the end of the show because. Uh, Certainly had a lot of uh, interesting things we wanted to talk to him about. Um, but Shanahan went down to PEI for, for two days. Um, and, and I don't know if you recall, in, in May, Kiprios uh, broke, uh, broke on Twitter that, that FNUF was being shopped around the league. And Naz and I, and, uh, we had that discussion on, on a couple of shows. And I, I, just, I didn't understand fans wanting to trade Phaneuf or why, why he would even be in trade rumors. I, ju- I didn't understand that because I don't know how you replace Dion Phaneuf on this team. Um, and they criticize him for, for the amount of money he's making, but uh, I, I, he's such an integral part of this team at this time. Uh, I, I just I didn't understand those rumors. I think when Shanahan went down to PEI, that was a signal. As a signal to the to the fans, to the sports media in Toronto, that Dion Phaneuf is our captain, and we're, we're and he went down to talk to Dion, and neither Shanahan or Dion Phaneuf have talked about it. It was private, and I respect that. It was between the two of them. Um, ni- neither one of them has commented on 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 what they talked about, other than in general terms. But I'm I'm assuming that Shanahan went down there because Dion's the leader of this team. He, uh, Shanahan's been a leader in every organization he's ever played with. He wanted to give Phaneuf the benefit of his experience, his guidance, um, point him in the right direction in terms of what, what's expected of a leader and a captain, um, and, and assist the process. And he made a commitment to Dion Phaneuf by going down to PEI for two days. He was signaling to everybody, you're not going anywhere. You're the Leaf captain. You're going to be the Leaf captain. We're building our team around you, and this is how we can help you. I believe that that 
what all that was about. And Shanahan was trying to change the culture uh, of leadership on the team. He was trying to get all the other players to understand that Dion Phaneuf is their captain. He's their leader. And uh, he's going to lead them in a direction that the team needs to be taken in. And, and leadership... And, and I was, you know, was going to ask Dion Phaneuf this question, what his style of leadership is. I'd, I'd really like to know what goes on in that Toronto Maple Leaf dressing room. You know, we had Phil Esposito on the show last Sunday. And yeah. we talked to Phil about leadership and how he strapped that 1972 Canadian team on his back. And that was, to me, was the greatest example of leadership for one month, especially Game 8. And after game four, and you talked to, to Phil about that, and you asked him about how he talked to the Canadian public yep. uh, with Johnny Esau after game four. Man, you want to talk about leadership? If anybody's old enough to remember Phil Esposito and how he strapped an entire team, and not only an entire team, an entire nation on his back, and he accepted. He accepted the challenge. You know, Nez... We talk about leadership, and I really wanted to talk about this this morning because leadership is it's one of those things that's very difficult to quantify, and every leader has a different leadership style. Phil Esposito has a leadership style. You know, you can tell the listeners what I'm wearing in studio this morning. Yeah, Wally's got his Dave Keon jersey. I got my Dave Keon jersey. If you ever listen to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, you know how I'm a big fan of Dave Keon. You know, Dave Keon was a quintessential leader as well, he, but he did it in a totally different way. He wasn't, he wasn't vocal like Phil Esposito. He was a quiet, silent type, but there wasn't, it wasn't one person in the hockey world that didn't respect Dave Keon. Almost never said anything, but the classiest um, gentleman you'd ever want to talk to. And we talked, actually, we talked to him. Uh, we talked yeah, to you him know, a couple like, of weeks he, ago. You he, called him on the phone. You yeah. spoke to, with Dave Keon on the phone. Yeah, I spoke to Dave Keon, and uh, I asked him to be on the show, and he, I left a message for him uh, in Florida. I talked to him. He, I, I spoke to him. I left a message, and uh, he called me back. And Dave was really uh, gracious and uh, a very nice guy. He declined to be on the show, which is fine. That's his prerogative, right? But he did call me back. And uh, he did uh, explain that uh, it would be very tough for him to be on our show, which is fine with me. Now, we've got guys, we've got captains of the lease. You take a look at the past captains. Let's take a look at the captain before Dion Phaneuf. We all know it's Matt Sundin. Matt Sundin had his problems being captain here, too. Like, how many, how many fans out there complain that he's European, he's a Swede, He'll never lead anything, anybody anything, and he just doesn't have it to, to bring us to the top. Yes, I, I, I apologize. I have to interrupt you on this because it's a really, really good point, and, uh, and I don't want to lose my train of thought. And, um, and by all means, callers, give us a call, 416-360-0740, 1-866-740-4740. We're talking about the Maple Leafs. We're talking about leadership. We're talking about the season. By all means, give us a call. Let's talk hockey. You're talking about Matt Sundin and how he was criticized. Sundin was criticized quite often. But isn't, by the, isn't that sometimes um, Leaf fans go a little bit overboard? You know. No, because know. you know why it does. It, it isn't because Wendell Clark was God here. 
Wendell Clark was the ideal captain but because he why would drop he his ideal he would drop his gloves at, in a heartbeat. He would take anybody on. But that was Keon the type was, of player but he was. Dave Keon was yes. the ideal captain without dropping his. gloves. That's right. But they went to Matt Sundin, and they didn't. They thought because he was European, because he was a Swede, or because of whatever, he couldn't lead the team. Matt Sundin was probably one of the best hockey players that the Leafs have ever had. And people have to realize something here, right? That there's 30 teams in the NHL, okay? And only one team can win the Stanley Cup. Matt Sundin took that team on two occasions to the semifinals, right? They didn't win. They had a possibility of winning one of those years when they had Curtis Joseph and that. That team was pretty good. But to criticize him as a captain was terrible. Now, I'm not saying Matt Sundin and Dion Fano should be put in the same group, because Dion still has to prove himself as far as I'm concerned, as far as the Leaf fans are concerned. But Sundin went through those those problems too. Dougie Gilmore was never criticized. He was only uh, well, captain shortly. Yeah. You know, we had Rick Vive. He was criticized too. Rick Vive was criticized as a Leaf captain. Rob Ramage wasn't here long enough to uh, to develop really a relationship with the fans, but nobody got on him. On his case, and George Armstrong, Daryl Sittler before that. Everybody I talked to say Daryl Sittler was the best captain the Leafs have ever had in the modern day era. What made Daryl Sittler a great captain? Let's look back on that. He was the captain during the 1970s. The Leafs had somewhat success. I mean, they went to, uh, I believe, to the semifinals a couple of times. Yeah. I mean, they had that great series against the New York Islanders. Everybody remembers Lanny McDonald's goal. Uh, I believe it was game. Was it game seven on the game island? Game seven on the island, uh, on the yeah. Island, and they beat a team I, that, that was, like, way up in the rankings. And, they, you know, unfortunately, they came up against a generational team in the, in the, in the Montreal Canadiens. Twice. Twice in the, in, the late, uh, in the late 70s. I mean, nobody could uh, – that was a tough team to, to crack. Um, you know, arguably the Montreal Canadiens, certainly the 70, I think it was the 76, 77 team that won, uh, that only lost eight games the entire, and we talked about that with Scotty Bowman yeah. a couple of weeks ago on the show. Um, that certainly, the Leafs came, you know, came up against a tough team at a bad time. Otherwise, uh, they could have, they could very well have won a Stanley Cup with with that team, with Sittler and, and McDonald and Turnbull and Salming and Palmatier and uh they had some talent on that team. But what was it about Daryl Sittler and his leadership style? Because we're talking about leadership now. We've talked about Phil Esposito. We've talked about Dave Keon. We've talked about Matt Sundin and Sittler. You know, and he's, uh, he's on Legends Row down by the ACC. He was honored there, justifiably in my opinion. Uh, we can listen to him on our commercial on, uh, yeah. during, during the breaks here. In um, your... You look back, Naz, and we were we were huge uh, Leaf fans. We we're our formative years back in those days. What what made Daryl Sittler such a great great captain? Daryl Sittler came across as the leader of that team. He took he was responsible. He would go to management. He went to management when Roger Nielsen was fired the first time, and asked them to bring him back. That's that was his leadership. He took that team, and he and he cared a lot about that team. A lot of people don't realize Sittler used to go to management all the time. He was the player's voice. He was the captain, and you can tell that uh, he was a Leaf. He he went to Philly. He went to Detroit, but he was a Toronto Maple Leaf. That is a true captain. 
right? Back in those days. Now, captaincies has changed a bit now in comparison to what it was like back then. But Sittler was a true captain. You could look at Mark Messier. Was there any any better captains than that? Not too many, no, right? No. And then you got you have Jonathan Taves, right? You got all these pl- Taves here. You know, you raise that. You know, that's. I'm glad that you brought Jonathan Taves, and you and 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 you juxtaposed him against Mark Messier. Two different, totally different personalities. And leadership, leadership is all about how you motivate, how you. And it's not just a sports thing. There's leader, you know, leaders exist in every, every milieu, uh, at work, in politics, whatever. And there, there's a certain, I, I don't know what you want to call it, uh, there's a certain gravitas, certain royal jelly that, that a leader has. And, 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 and the leadership is all about getting people to perform beyond what they're capable, what they, beyond what they think they're capable of performing. And, and that's what a leader does. And we were, we were, like I said, we were hoping to have Dion Phaneuf on, on the show this morning. doesn't look like uh, we're going to be able to do that. And I really wanted to ask him what his leadership style is. I really wanted to ask him how, what he does to motivate his fellow teammates. I'd really be interested to see the perspective of a captain. You, you know, I, I'm not sure Dion, John Phaneuf became captain in June of 2010. And I think it, he was, it was a Brian Burke appointment. Um, and I, I don't know what ha- you know what discussions happened between Burke and Fanuf at that time about this about this. I know that Dion took it as an extreme privilege to be the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs. He called it one of the most honorable days in his life, and I you know I really believe that it was a huge honor for him. Um, and I'd really like to know how how what he feels what the job description of a captain is. I mean. Uh, you know, Dion did this great interview with George Strombopoulos. I don't know if you've seen it on YouTube, uh, Naz. Uh, he did a great interview just after. And I, I mean, I checked it out on YouTube this week. He did a great interview with George. And, you know, George is probably, if not the best interviewer in Canada, pretty good. And he, did a, he asked some really interesting questions. But what came through in that interview, if you listen to it, is how many times Dion said, it's part of my job, it's part of my job, it's part of my job. And I really would have liked to ask, not just Dion Phaneuf, I'd love to ask a professional athlete. You have a contract. You're getting paid a lot of money to play. What's your, do- what's your job description? What's the job description of a professional athlete? Well, Paul Henderson was pretty good at it. What, what he said last week to us, right? He says, listen to your coaches. Do what they say. Uh, but what's the job follow. description of a captain? And this goes back. We're talking about we're talking about Messi and Taves, and two totally different leadership styles. Taves reminds me of Dave Keon. He's quiet, yeah, the way he plays forceful, too. The way he plays too. Quiet, yeah. silent, strong leader. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I don't get the impression Dion Phaneuf is a is a vocal leader in the tradition of a philosopher. But you don't have to be. No. You can be a Jonathan Taves. You can be a Dave Keon. Dion strikes me as the strong, silent type. Um, in the sense that um, he he wants he'll motivate his teammates by his actions and 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 how he motivates them in the dressing room or at practice I'd really like to know I'd like to ask him I'd love to ask every other captain in the NHL the same question you know he gets a lot of criticism around uh, on on in the media and in the fans they criticize him for whatever reason whatever he's doing is and, not and, is not 
filtering through and, to and the Leaf fans, for sure. And we've talked sure. about this, and I've been a big Dion Phaneuf supporter on this show. And you have. I you have. have. Uh, I, I think a lot of the criticism is way over the top. Uh, a lot of it is, it's, it's the Larry Murphy syndrome. Somehow Leaf, tur- Leaf fans somehow turn sometimes on somebody, and they just, you know, they don't see, they pick on a small thing, but they don't realize how important he is to the team. And, and, and I've had this, you know, and I made this point so many times, and I'll make it again. I can't possibly envision this team right now without, without Dion Phaneuf. I just can't see it. You know, he played, he played a great game Friday night. He, he really did. Two goals, an assist, all over the ice, making rushes into the zone, being part of the offense. If that's the Dion Phaneuf we get this year, Leafs are making the playoffs. If he plays like that for 70 out of the 82 games, he's going to be a force out there. And that's what he's capable of. He really is. You look at his history, Dion Phaneuf has been at the top of, of, of hockey several times in his career. We look back at that 2005 World Junior Team. He was a defenseman of the tournament. Mm-hmm. And there were some great defensemen. Shea on Weber that. was on there that team. There were some great defensemen on yeah. that team. Yeah. Okay? There were some great defense, and he was the all-star defenseman in that tournament. First couple of years with the Calgary Flames, um, you know, he was high up. He lost. He didn't win the Calder, but that was Ovechkin's year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he was an all-star. But who did? Who he was, did? Okay, wasn't he a finalist for the North? Wally, Club? who did Phaneuf play with in Calgary? I'm going to get to. I'm going to get to this part of it here. Who did he play with in was Calgary? It, was it Regier? Robin Regier. Okay, so what, now, what, side of the, what side of the defense did he play on? Was he playing left or right? Well, or does that make a difference? Well, it does make a difference, but let's not, let's not point that out. But he had Robin Regier, who was at the top of his game as a defenseman for Calgary. Who did Dion Phaneuf have to play with in the last – who is his last four oh, defensemen? Oh, let's, let, me, let me tell you something, guys. Please. Duncan Keith in Chicago couldn't play with these stiffs, Okay. Carl Gunnarsson. You say he could or couldn't? Couldn't. Oh, okay, no kidding. Carl Gunnarsson. Holzer. Koska. Mike Koska. Mike Komisarek. Those were the four defensemen he played with. You telling me that he's going to excel with playing with those four guys? Give me a break. Uh, you, uh, you're, um, you're, that, that's a great comment, Ness. Uh, None of those guys, and one of them is back, Holzer again. I can't oh, believe please. they're even looking at this guy. Yeah. None of those guys can play in the NHL. None of those four guys, even Gunnarsson, he won't do anything in St. Louis. No. None of those guys can play in the NHL. Yeah. And uh, I, I've said it. I'm, I'm hopeful that, uh, that I, I'd like to see Phaneuf playing with Robida, number one. Uh, I think that would make a huge difference in his game. A good stay at home with the guy. Uh, Dion can freeze Dion up to get more involved in the offense. Can put up 50 or 60 points. M- will make a huge difference. Maybe cut down his minutes a bit. Um, if not, I'd like to see him with, with Gardner. I'd like to see him play with Gardner. One of those two. I think it'll make a huge difference. And you hit the nail on the head. Um, playing with Gunnarsson, it's, it's got t- to be a tough way to, tough way to play the game. It of really course, does. Of course, for Dion Phaneuf's not going to say they're stiffs. I'm saying it for no, him. But, but that's true. But, no, that's that's, no, he's, that's he's, my no, opinion, right? I mean, Dion Phaneuf's the consummate professional. He's, he's not going to be critical of, of, of team. And we wouldn't expect him to. Uh, he's not going to be critical of his teammates. You know he's had some he's had some issues with with the media in this city. I, I would have liked to have asked him about that, uh, how he feels about the Toronto sports media. I know I know he I know exactly how he would answer it. I know the answer, uh, but I'd want to ask the question. He's not going to be critical of the sports media. And that Strombopoulos interview, which came just after he left, uh, just 
after he left Calgary. He was asked uh, uh, how he felt about the Toronto media and how, and how difficult they were to deal with and how intrusive they were. And four years ago, Dion answered he didn't think that uh, the Toronto media, you know, media is media. They're just doing their job, and it wasn't that much different than, than the Calgary media. I'd really love to ask him that question, where he, whether he still feels that four, four years ago. Because, you know, they can't, they can't be critical. Professional athletes, by and large, cannot be critical of the media. Uh, but we can. And, you know, some of the, some of the things that the media has done, um, not to Dion Phaneuf uh, particularly, but in general, and we had the episode this summer, the Steve, was it Steve Spot? Uh, that whole episode, I thought was yeah, a little breakout. Yeah, I thought that was a little, um, you know, that was just trying to make a story where a story uh, doesn't exist. So, uh, you know, we we've talked about the Toronto sports media, and by and large, you know, we're big fans of a lot of the sports talk radio guys in the city. You know, I you know I I think Steve Brunt is one of the brightest one of the brightest minds. I just love listening to Steve Brunt. Uh, he's 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 very intelligent, very personable. Uh, very analytical. Just love listening to him. Michael Farber, the Sports Illustrated guy, he's 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 good. Dave Hodge, we've always, you know, you and I have always we have a history with Dave Hodge. We yeah. all, we've always had high praise. We've always had high praise for him. But McCown, the the the, the Godfather of sports uh, radio in Canada, uh, you know, I, we always uh, we always like his show. Uh, but some of, some of the other guys, uh, you know. A little well, bit over the top at times, Nat. That uh, that article about uh, the breakout with Phil Kessel was, uh, I mean, it's gone now. We we shouldn't even bring it back up. We'd love to hear from you guys out on out on the listening audience. 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. We're talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs, your favorite team. Anyways, time to uh, time to go to break now, and uh, we'll be right back after the break. It was a rainy day when Peterborough asked, "How much loyalty is there in the world anymore?" Well, about fourteen inches, we figure. Introducing Peterville's new loyalty program. After your sixth order, you'll receive a large fourteen-inch pizza of your choice, free with your seventh order. You scratch our back, we feed your face. Find out more at pizzaville.ca. That's pizzaville.ca. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. 
Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. <laughs> Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. And I'm pleased to advise that we finally have Dion Phaneuf on the line. Uh, Dion, good morning. How are you guys? We're doing great. Thanks so much for uh, for being with us this morning. We've got a few minutes left. Uh, uh, first of all, congratulations on a, on a fantastic game uh, Friday night. Um, s- certainly from a personal point of view, you had a great game, two goals and assist. Really impressed by uh, how you got yourself into the offense and uh, and the team. The team looked great. Um, so it's certainly a great way to send uh, send the Leafs off into the new season. Uh, tell, us, uh, tell us how the team's feeling about the upcoming season. Yeah, thank you guys very much. I, I thought that... Uh... Overall, we had uh, a, a pretty good uh, preseason, and um, when you go into the preseason, you want to you wanna work on your game, and we play quite a few preseason games, and we have an opportunity to, to work on some stuff, especially with the, the changes that we've made in our, our defensive zone coverage, and I felt overall that as a team, we've, uh, we had a, a real good preseason, and, and we wanted to end it on a winning note, and we did, so we feel good about, about starting uh, the season on Wednesday. We've... Uh, We've got a couple practices to get ready for that, and uh, I know that our, our team is, is ready, and we're looking forward to getting going. Uh, Dion, uh, uh, we had Scotty Bowman on the show a couple of weeks ago here, and uh, we brought up the question of how hockey has changed in the in decade to decade. How has it changed since you graduated from junior into the NHL uh, during that period of time? I have, to, I have to say that the biggest thing from, from when I started to now that that sticks out uh, for me is shot blocking. Um, my first year in the league to now, it's it's completely different. How much guys and how well I should say how how good guys are at blocking shots. And it's not that they wouldn't before. It's just that guys are that much better at it. And uh, I have to say that that for me as a defenseman, a guy who who shoots the puck, and my job is to get pucks on net. That's the one thing that I really notice. Uh, Dion, we uh, we uh, we talked a little bit about leadership on on the show today, and we know that uh, we know that Brendan Shanahan came down to talk to you in PEI, and we know that you've gone on record saying that was a private; uh, those discussions were private between you and Brendan, and we certainly respect that, and we won't ask you, but uh, what the exact exactly what transpired between you and Brendan? But for us, that was when Brendan coming down to PEI was a, sh- a huge. Uh, a huge shot of confidence as far as we were concerned that uh, he was he was giving a message 
to, to the Toronto fans that Dion Phaneuf is our leader, uh, he's our captain, and we're certainly going to surround him with the, with the tools he needs to, to be uh, a huge leader on this team. Um, tell us a little bit about your leadership style, Dion. We talked a little bit about Phil Esposito, who was on our show last week, and different leaders, Dave Keon, who is sort of a different type of leader. What, how do you see yourself as a leader? What are, the, what are the leadership skills that you try to bring to the table? Well, I think that you just, uh, you just said it best. Everyone leads in their own way, and that's, uh, that's really the, the truth of it all. And I think that the, the style that I have is I like to lead by example. I like to play the game as, as hard as I possibly can and compete for my teammates. And, uh, you know, good leadership, it comes from, it comes from a group of, of guys in a team sport. And I feel that, that we've got real good leadership in our room. And uh, I, uh, you know, I feel good about the group that we have going into this year. We, uh, we, we had a good preseason. I thought that going away to, to Collingwood for a few days and, and getting, you know, getting some time away with our team was, was great. Um, we've got a lot of new guys that are coming in, and I, I'm just looking forward to getting going. But, but the way that, that, that I lead is that you know, I feel that the best, way to do it for for myself is is leading by example i mean it's not all about talking but you do have to you have to talk you've got to you've got to have a feel for the room and, and what's going on but uh no I'm, I'm just excited to get the season going to be completely honest with you guys uh dion um I talked a little bit earlier on the show about uh, an interesting interview you did with George Strombopoulos uh, a few years back when you just when you first came to Toronto and you were first made captain. And I went back and, and watched that interview again. And, and throughout that interview, the you know the issue of job came up. Like it was, you know, being an NHL player, there, there's there's a job aspect to it. And we we talked about with Paul Henderson last Sunday, and we asked Paul Henderson if he was advising young hockey players uh, what he would tell them. And the first thing he, he, first words that came out of Paul Henderson's mouth was, uh, "Make sure you have fun." Um, tell us a little bit about how you, how do you have fun aside from it being just a job? Well, you're playing, uh, you're playing a game and making a living doing it, and that's the one thing that you've always got to remember. Um, it's a huge business, though, and there's, you know, it's about winning and it's about results and. There's, there's a lot of pressure, um, but at the end of the day, you still have to, you still have to have fun with it. And, uh, you know, for me, the, I just said it, you go back to you're playing a game and, and you're, you know, that you're making your living doing it. So, so we're very fortunate. We're very lucky to do what we do. But uh, you do have to remember that it still is a game. Uh, Dion, the team allowed a lot of shots last year. Uh, what are the changes that were made to reduce the number of shots on on our, on our goalies? Well, I think you look at the last two preseason games that we played. Uh, the last three, really, we really we had some time to work on it during camp and implement the the system change. And it's just more. It's not so much. It's not even so much the defensive zone that that's changed as we've changed a little bit in our neutral zone to to cut down on time in our zone. And if we feel that if we play strong in the neutral zone and, and, and shut teams down in the neutral zone, we won't have to play as much in our zone, and that cuts down on shots in itself. But I thought overall our, our, our group and as a team, we, we did a really good job of uh, in the last couple of preseason games of, of playing the new, the new system that we wanted to play, and, 
that's how we're going to have to play this year. We can't continually give up, you know, 30-plus shots. It just doesn't work. You, you, you know, we've got great goaltending, but at the end of the day, when you when you rely on them to, to stop over 30 shots a night, it's uh, it's too much work for our, you know, for our goaltending. The Leaf fans are uh, wondering on the development of Jake Gardner and um, Morgan Riley. Um, one of these two, as far as I'm concerned, has to go up to the next level. Are they ready to go? I think they both are. Um, they look really good in, in training camp. Uh, Jake's obviously got a little bit more experience than Morgan. He's, uh, But with saying that, Mo, Mo's still a young guy too. It's his second year in the league. But for the for him to come in and have the rookie season that he did and then the way that he looks in training camp this year, Morgan I think is going to have a real a real big year for, for our team. And, and Jake looks very, very good. Uh, and I think those two guys, they're, they're a big part of our team. They're, they're both guys that skate very well. They see the ice well, and, and they can shoot the puck. So um, for us and for our team, it's great to have uh, both of them on, on our team. That's for sure. You, for us to have two defensemen like that, we're very lucky. Dion, I, uh, when I get a sports uh, figure on the show and I'm asking questions, obviously I always love uh, to ask questions that are a little bit different than uh, just the, the nuts and bolts and pucks and X's and O's and sports and all that stuff because at the end of the day we're talking with, uh, with, with a sports figure but we're also talking with a human being. And uh, you are certainly, as captain of the Toronto Maple Leaf, you're a celebrity in Toronto. You have uh, a celebrity wife and... Uh, and uh, my wife would have uh, wants me to get you Alicia's uh, autograph at some point in time, so we'll have to follow up on that. Um, uh, but it's uh, you're a huge celebrity. You've made a commitment to the Toronto area. I know that uh, you've you've set some roots down here. Um, what's it like being a celebrity in the hockey uh, center of the universe? How do you manage your private life, keeping your private life away from your public life, and setting that boundary? Well, I think that for for me and my wife, we 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 love the city. We we really enjoy it. We um, the fans and and the people of Toronto are our fans are are so passionate, but they're very respectful too. And I go to dinner. I you know I I go to the grocery store and I get nothing but support. So I I I, I really I enjoy playing in Toronto. Um, I I love the fan base that we have. We're a very passionate fan base, and and we want to win for our fans. Uh, but for me and uh, and my wife, you know, on on the personal side of of living life, you live you know you you live as normal as you can, and you you go to dinner and you go to a movie. And I think that uh, overall, the the people of Toronto are very respectful. Dion, unfortunately, I'm getting the wrap-up signal from our producer. We'd love to we'd love to continue this for a lot longer, but uh, we've got to we've got to get off the air. Listen, we, the Nazanwali uh, Sports Hour wishes you and uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs a very successful season. Uh, hopefully, you beat our hated Habs this Wednesday night and get the season off to a great start. And once again, have a great season to you and your teammates. Thanks for coming on. Thank you guys very much for having me, and have uh, have a great rest of the day. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thank Dion. Anyways, that was uh, Dion Phaneuf, Leaf captain, and uh, Wednesday night at uh, as like I said, hope springs eternal. Uh, hopefully, the Leafs uh, Leafs will have a fantastic season, and Dion Phaneuf leads us. And leads the team in the right direction. Anyways, thank you for joining us on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We'll be back again next Sunday morning 
live at 9 o'clock on the new AM 740. Have a great week. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.